Boom, what's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakyan. Very excited to be talking about holistic health and mindfulness. We have Amanda Bickham joining us today. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a super pleasure learning about you. Also learning about you through Stu Zimmerman, who we love very much. Mm. Huge shout out to Stu and only the source. And also the new program, Reset, which we've both been on. We love so much. Amanda Bickham's background, for those that don't know, is a holistic health and mindfulness coach helping people align with their divine purpose. She focused on reducing stress, preventing burnout, optimizing performance, and shares these impactful stories on her podcast called Driven for Purpose. And you can find amandabickham.com, her link in the bio below, as well as the podcast link, her YouTube channel link, which has some great conversations. Highly recommend checking that out, as well as her Facebook. So... Let's start things off with one of our favorite questions to intro the episodes. What are your thoughts on the direction of our world? Mm, such a controversial topic. <laughs> I mean, I really feel that the direction of our world depends on where you focus your energy, right? I feel like a lot of people think it's doomsday and like there's all these things that we need to do and we need to act quick or else we're going down. And I think that part of that may be true. And yet I also feel that if you begin to focus your energy on the things that are actually like all the people who are making great changes and all the amazing inventions and creations and connective based communities and inspiring projects, then that's what you're going to see as well. So I think like to, to target on one way or the other and to say that I believe exactly this or that would just put me in a place that I'm not sure that I would want to go down that rabbit hole, but I feel like it's where you focus. And then tell us more about that importance of focusing on those positive ones. Mm, yeah. yeah, so where, where your attention goes, energy flows, and everybody's heard that, right? But that's even in the quantum physics realm, right? When we look at something and, and we focus our energy on it, it changes. And so I feel that for anybody who is really wanting to make a difference in the world and anybody who's really wanting to see the part, brighter side and the more positive side, which is hopefully everyone, um, we have the ability to focus on all the things, even if you just start with the self, right? Like, what am I doing right? How am I showing up? How am I making myself better and encouraging myself to step into this direction? And so that's kind of my two cents on whatever it is that you want to see happen, put more of your energy and your focus there, and guess what? That will grow. Mm, okay, so it's the manifestation of the future that yeah. we want to author, but it, like you recommended, it starts within. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what are I, we'll get to some of these <laughs> tips that you that you share with people to um, to help uh, quickly give us a, speak to that importance of, of of at a deeper level of focusing on one's inward practice and then mm -hmm. having that reflect on what happens in the exterior world as well as how that helps the world yeah so it's interesting when I first moved to California I decided that I wanted to be an author and I wanted to travel around the world and write a book and the title of my first book was going to be thought is to creation as creation is to life and it really is exactly that right so what you think about creates the story that you believe to be true so we're all running some story in our head. There's a narrator. And, and the truth is, is that we're our own narrator. But if we're so busy getting all this chatter and not taking the time to separate, to actually think about 
what is the story that I'm creating? Is it, does it make me feel good? Do I feel good in what I'm doing in my relationships and my job and all of these different things? And if you don't, then you have the key to changing the story. So I really believe that if you are in a place of really wanting to make a great shift, don't work on the, changing something external. Work on how can I change my internal state so that my external reality changes from here because this is all we really have the power to change after all. I really appreciated the, the, the kind of, it's like a mantra that it's, it's the state, not the story. Mm. So we kind of can hold the state of inner peace and oneness and that mm. unity. And if we can hold that throughout the majority of our day, mm -hmm. then we can achieve things that we previously just didn't think were ima imaginable. Yeah. Have you, uh, do you ever listen to, by chance, Abraham Hicks? Heard. Okay. Before, yes. And have you heard of Joe Dispenza? Yeah. So have you listened or read his latest book, Becoming Supernatural? Yes. Okay. I so, got lucky and was introduced to Becoming Supernatural. So if anybody's listening, check out that book, right? Yeah. So, and, and what's really beautiful is I've been listening to Abraham Hicks maybe since for seven years. And what they say and what he is now proving through quantum physics and, and biology and science, it's, it's all the same. And it's all about just your, your own vibrational state. But it's, it's so easy, it's challenging, right? Because it's like right in front of us and we wanna continue to grasp outside. But all we have to do is just like start feeling and I saw that you have a practice of gratitude which is like one of the best things that you mm. could do to, to shift that state. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yes, these oh this is gonna be so good, all these practices that we're about to hit. Okay, but you you introduced us to the starting the journey. You started kind of introducing us to the journey. Mm -hmm. But born in Pasadena, mm -hmm. then went to Colorado from about mm -hmm. four till eighteen mm -hmm. and then found yourself back in California doing all the yogic work that you've been doing the last 10 years and yeah. now up to Vitality Pass. So tell us about this journey. Yeah, it was actually funny. I was on the, um, it's a big turning point for me because I'm actually closing my California chapter. I'm closing my America chapter, but more specifically, California has been just like, oh, my heart and my soul. And I was on the phone with my mom on the way over here. And I'm like, it's really interesting because I'm about to drive back to Colorado with a new car and all of my stuff, which isn't very much, and like come back. But 10 years ago, I was on my way out here and I was driving and I remember passing, I was in my little Mustang, like my first car, packed with stuff and I was coming to California and I remember I crossed the state line and all I had from California was like hopes and dreams. Like I didn't have any job, I wasn't in line for college, there was nothing. Like I quit college to come to California just for this idea of what was possible and like my soul knew it. It was like you have to go back to California. You know, you were born here and you didn't get to live the California life so like you have to do it at least and try. And yeah, I ended up like, I remember crossing the California state line and being like, like crying and like my friend was driving and I was like trying not to let him know, you know? And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, and um, the truth is that 10 year journey has just taken me on such a ride of the self, right? Like when I left everything that I knew, my friends, my family, there was nothing here. I started all over and it was like, okay, well, what do you want to build? Like here you are in a place that you have no strings, no ties, no nothing. All you have is this vision and this idea and this deeper root knowing that you're supposed to be here for some reason. And that has led me on, you know, a very challenging journey. Like very emotional times where I'm like, what in the world? Like, why am I here? It's expensive, it's challenging, it's hard. You have to hustle, all these things. Like I'm fighting with everybody else to like do the things I believe in. 
and yet also like the most growth and the most beauty and the most amazing opportunities and like there's something about California it's like this vortex of people especially in the Bay Area like you have to work hard to be here and I really have like a really beautiful appreciation for anyone who's here doing what they love because you have to hustle in order to do it and you just meet amazing people in that in that world because of that. I loved your story of just this calling and just pursuing what so many people say is these greatest challenges or adversities because right on the other side are our greatest treasures but there's not an instant gratification. No, not at all. <laughs> this is definitely a, like a long-term bet and one has to persevere through the continuous ups and downs yeah. and then they find themselves so much more to spiritually developed. Yeah. And I'm super happy that you took that risk and that you have this story now. Okay, but you did a lot of crazy things throughout. You actually went and back and forth three years in India. Yeah. Also Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam, Nicaragua, planning yeah. to go to Europe yeah. on June 2nd. So tell us about what you've been learning through these spiritual endeavorings outside of the United States and how that's integrated into this uh, synthesis for you on this all these spiritual practices that you now take in. That's probably one of my favorite topics. Let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's it's this whole like deconstructing my reality. Like I realized that where I grow up was I was so conditioned by what everybody else was doing and like seeking connection from others and seeking approval for others and wanting this like reassurance that I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing. And yet, you know, whether that's college, the programming that you need to go to college or the programming that you need to be a certain way in relationships or whatever it is. And, you know, I've always kind of questioned that. There's always been something that's like, is this really me or is this me wanting to appear that I'm this thing so that I can be accepted or approved? And so I remember, um, I think I was like 20 or 21 and, and my, I was on this path to go to Berkeley to finish college and do all these different things and like nothing was working for me. I had crammed in school at San Diego to, in order to transfer to go to holistic health school and then um, ended up like trying to find a, a, a place to live and nothing was working. And that was the first moment where I was about to freak out because I quit my job, I was like selling my apartment, I was getting rid of all my stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything I've worked hard in order to do the right thing, nothing's working out, what's going on? And it was in that moment of like about to be panic that I was like, stop. Okay, just take a moment and meditate. And my meditation journey began re really young. So I sat there and, and I just kind of calmed my mind and came into this space and it was like, listen, instead of thinking that, you know, oh my God, I've tried so hard to make this thing happen and it's not working, what am I gonna do? What if you could change your perspective? And what if it was, you can do anything in the world that you want? What is it that you want to do? And it was in that moment that like kind of the, the, the clouds parted and the shine, you know, the sun was shining and I was like, whoa, what a, what a mind state change. And, that was when I was like, well, I'd want to teach yoga because I was into yoga at that point and I already had my um, teacher credentials. And, and I said, well, if you could teach anywhere in the world, where would, where would you want to go? And I was like, well, India, of course, you know, and India is the birthplace of yoga. And so I, I wanted to learn with like the actual juice of where it all came from because American yoga, everyone knows who's in the path. It's very, it's very different. And so yeah, two weeks later, I mean, I remember two days later, I called my mom, I said, hey mom, I'm going to India. Um, I just got my ticket, I'm leaving in three weeks. And so, uh, yeah, three weeks later, I like, <laughs> 
drove my shit to Colorado and went out to India and that was like, oh, that was mm. the beginning of like the real soul searching journey. Mm. Okay, tap us into what it's like when you land there and you're exploring the yogic culture and learning. Yeah, so it's really interesting because um, India actually felt a lot like home to me. Mm. Like I landed in Delhi and there was this feeling of like, huh, this feels strangely familiar, you know? Which most people, they land in Delhi and they're like, what the hell is this place, you know? But um, there was something about it, like the culture and the experience and um, the richness of the land. And, you know, India is the the most challenging place you will ever go. Like, nobody really is like, oh, I'm just going to go on a holiday to India. Like, no, it's it's challenging. It will test you in every way, shape or form, your mental, physical, emotional, everything. It will break you down so that it can give you fertile land that so you can regrow. Mm. And that's even mm. what my first teacher did. Like I remember in America, I was really good at yoga and many people were like, wow, look at all these things you can do, da 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 da. And then I go to my teacher and he's like, um, he just ripped me apart. Like I remember the first time I'm thinking I'm on, I'm like super good, you know? And little did I know, I was even just still at the very layer of asana, but like I'm doing all these things and he just ripped me apart. And I remember again, like, riding home in the tuk-tuk that night and just like crying and being like wow like my whole community back home was like wow you're such a good teacher such a good student da 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 and I know nothing and um from that day on I've been you know continuing to travel and to see him and um my asana my practice and my relationship to yoga has drastically changed but I remember that like him as a teacher as a metaphor for what India did for me it ripped me apart and made me question everything that I thought was me and broke me down many times and gave me this opportunity to say, well, now who are you without all your stories? It's a recurring theme, the people that sit with us on the show that teach us that when they have their worldview augmented uh, to, to such a degree where it's almost as though it kind of like falls apart a little bit and then they piece it back together in a way that is more aware yeah uh, that we love that we love that we think that's like one of the most important things to be able to do and it requires a high degree of open-mindedness mm. and a high degree of one's ability to like set conscientious goals and execute on them like you were exceptional here and then you went there and you realized that you had so much more to still learn and so you had that humility <laughs> to be able to do so so then Okay, there's still a lot to learn about this, uh, this exploration of yours, but let's focus on uh, the most profound realizations for you in this journey to India and Southeast Asia. What were the like, most awakening aspects? Well, the first one was that like, the first trip I went, it was like I was searching, searching for answers, searching for this, searching for that. And it was almost like every time, universe just showed a mirror. It was like you keep looking for all the things outside yourself, just stop. Just stop and look and realize that you have everything you need within you. And that sounds really cliche, but there were a number of different synchronistic things that kept happening and um, it kind of just kept showing me, like just just relax and go within. Um, And I feel like the biggest kind of, the biggest experience that Southeast Asia at least has kind of taught me was just that there's a lot of wisdom and the experiences around you and yet also it's 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 you're the interpreter of everything that's going around you know and everything is kind of like a mirror image of one another and so going abroad just really helped me 
deconstruct all of who I thought I was because I also travel alone as well and you know I posted something on Facebook the other day like loneliness is comes about when you're disconnected from yourself and like being alone not speaking the language being by myself like navigating these lands like there's a lot of time where I'm just sitting with myself where I don't have TV or friends or drugs or alcohol or food to distract me I'm just sitting in my shit mm -hmm. and like a lot of it is coming up but yet when I'm having to deal with that, I'm starting to see that if I'm having a bad interaction with someone or my environment or things aren't going out well, it's because of me. I mean, trust was huge. Like when I land in this country, I have no idea if this taxi is going to, I'm landing at two in the morning. I have no idea if he's going to take me to the actual place that I'm supposed to be dropped off. Like I literally had to surrender mm. and just trust. Trust in myself first and foremost and the decisions that I'm making and that they're in alignment and also trust in like the bigger thing that's guiding me. And if at any point I started to contract and started to create fear, then there would be hiccups in my journey left and right. And so I think like trust and surrender are like the two pieces that if you could do anything, like just trust in yourself and in the path and surrender to whatever's being handed to you, maybe not as what you want, but as the gifts of what you actually need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great. Trust, surrender, and also this mirror that you talk about is so critical too to be able to really, you said it's cliche, but it's so true though, that digging deep within ourselves really unleashes our fullest potential and actually being at peace and at quiet you said there's no instantaneous gratification distractions to be able to pull you away and even the socialization you can't just like call up a friend and go and hang out with them type thing so you're forced to look in the mirror yeah. you're forced to have these oh. things come up and for you to engage with them and spiritually grow in that presence and actually it's a reoccurring theme of the leaders of the last thousands of years that the most profound creative moments at a lot of the time come from being in complete silence and stillness and away from the distractive fabric that we've built in many ways. Okay, let's talk about the connecting with the soul purpose because the last three years has been vitality path. Mm -hmm. You've been rocking it. Mm -hmm. Teach us about this connecting with the soul's purpose and how you've been engaging with clients on this yeah, so it's interesting because like in the beginning it started off as yoga, right? And and people were coming to like connect with their physical being. And then through yoga, obviously when you start to connect to the physical, you start to realize that well, what I put into the physical vessel has a lot to do with what I'm able to get out of it, whether it be your physical ability or your mental emotional capacity. And then you take that a little bit deeper and it's like, okay, well, I'm in alignment with my physical being. I'm in alignment with the way that I'm mentally like operating, but then what is it all about? What am I here for? And so people started coming to me feeling that, okay, I have the house, I have the car, I have the, the whatever it is that we've been, again, constructed to believe that will bring us happiness. And, and bless everyone who's, you know, told us that, that we need this reality of safety and security because let's say our grandparents and our parents, they come from wars and, and, and uh, you know, depressions, the Great Depression and things like that, at least over here in America. Um, and so it's really important to then come back to, okay, well, we're changing drastically. So what is it that I'm here for? Like, it's not about, like I can make a ton of money and I'm super stressed out. Like a lot of my, 
past clients have been in the Bay Area and they're, you know, working at tech companies or they're really good at whatever it is and they're making a lot of money and they're just like soulless. They're like, I don't feel connected to my body. I don't feel connected to my community. I don't feel connected to what I'm actually here for. I don't understand. This is what everyone told me was the golden ticket and I'm doing it and I'm just really depressed and miserable. And so, yeah, feeling into that and like, then that means like, okay, am I living my truth or am I living someone else's truth? And who, what is my truth? And how do I find that truth? And where do I begin? And so that's when this like inner journey for the individual comes to light where the person stops seeking and stops going outwards and starts saying, okay, like I'm ready to tune in and say like, what is my purpose? What is my gift? What is my calling? What turns me on? What makes me alive? What makes, what ignites me? What am I passionate about? But if we're so busy trying to get and trying to achieve, then we forget what's bringing the vitality, which I explain to people, what's the difference between energy and vitality, right? Energy is determined upon the outside, how much sleep you got, how much food you ate, you know, how much stress you have. But vitality is this wellspring within you that's just waiting to be tapped into. And so that's kind of how the vitality path was sprung. Okay, wow. So we're we're sort of funneling humans into the economic machinery within metropolises, mm -hmm. and when we do that, we have this cri these crises that emerge, where people say, "What am I doing yeah. here? And yeah. am I actually following?" my true purpose yeah. in life. And so then that's a fascinating first sort of tapping into who am I really? Am mm -hmm. I, you know, and then further is that this word vitality, I think is so beautiful. This is the, so the state of, of that wealth spring within us is always with us. That mm -hmm. state's always with us, mm -hmm. but then it's up to us to tap into it. And so it's not as so it is, is but do, it does have interplay with that sleep and nutrition. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So teach us more about it. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, like people, but when they start to it, they start to feel this, there's usually something that happens to the physical body. Um, you know, that could be like, for instance, burnout. Right. You get burnt out. You have stress. You have depression. You have anxiety. All these things are not normal. And a pill is the worst model. Like, oh, let's just put a bandaid on it and pretend that it doesn't exist. No, you have to get to the root. Like, why is this actually happening? Yes. <laughs> and so like getting to that space and oftentimes people can relate through either mental, emotional distress or physical distress. And that's how you kind of capture them. It's like, oh, my body's not functioning. I'm having a lot of gas. I'm having a lot of bloating. I'm having this weird skin thing that won't go away. I'm having severe depression. I need anxiety. I can't sleep at night. I have no energy. All of these things is your beautiful vessel trying to tell you, listen to me. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to help you. Why are you fighting me? Like, I promise we're on the same team. Just listen. And yet we're so conditioned to be, believe and to be distracted. Like food is a distraction, alcohol is a distraction. Like even all of our like entertainment and shit is a distraction, you know? And so it's like, we're, we're constantly distracted. And a lot of the food, I mean, even coming back to America, there's like, buy me 
signs everywhere from like food to booze to clothes to this to that to you know and like all of the different the news and all of the different you know uh, TV shows that people are into and there's nothing wrong with it I don't want to place judgment on it and I just want to place awareness to the fact that they're all distractions pulling you away from like what's really wanting to be felt we don't know how to feel our emotions anymore especially like the models that we teach our men like toughen up be a big boy like put your big boy pants on like don't show your emotions and this goes for everyone but like we don't even know how to feel anymore we don't even know how to slow down and to say hold on let me stop projecting my shit onto you and we're in a relationship and all the things that you're doing wrong and let me actually take this mirror and shine it back into myself and say what's going on with me what am I afraid to feel and why am I reaching to food even if it's healthy or yoga or exercise or like anything can be an addiction coffee anything can be an addiction work can be an addiction right and it's like can I stop reaching to these things to fulfill me and I can I start actually sitting with myself and feeling what wants to be felt you know pain just wants to be felt it just wants to be given the space and the permission to be. Not for you to say, hey, I shouldn't be feeling this. This shouldn't be how it is. Shaming yourself. Mm -hmm. It should be about actually connecting to mm -hmm. and creating compassion for what's alive in you. And when we do that, all of a sudden, all this tension and holding on starts to melt away. We understand the act of surrender. And then that's when everything just starts flowing because we realize it's not about us. It's not about our egos or our minds or what we want. We're a part of something much greater. And so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're on fire. <laughs> it's so awesome listening to you. Okay, uh, wow, yeah. Uh, and I wonder how much different this is than the East, uh, Eastern part of civilization, especially Asia. Uh, it does very much seem like the buy me signs are everywhere, the addictions to food and, and, and drugs and, and entertainment networks and mm -hmm. anything that's not tapping into our deepest senses of purpose and emotion. You said give it that space. Mm -hmm. I used to spend more time trying to quell the emotion uh, and then I, mm -hmm. and then I started letting it emerge and cry with it and you know yeah. and feel it as pain pain it's just, you know sometimes you feel it and you're just like i shouldn't you know feel it for so long there's probably a line where you're just like okay well maybe are you I getting caught in the story and the drama yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so there's these intricate intricate balances so then maybe it is true that for some of us the purpose on this color wheel of complexity that each one of us are these colors some of us find our greatest alignment and purpose with the hustle sure that we want to build and focus on building we don't want to go and do the entertainment and all that other stuff yeah. but maybe for other people their color is to do the entertainment yeah but then how do we solve the biggest world challenges if everyone's inter doing the entertainment thing, we're not tackling the world challenges. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about there being a, a color, let's say on the wheel, the ones that are maybe tackling the greatest challenges, do you feel like they have a, that we have a deeper level of importance for that mm -hmm. color on the wheel? Explain this to me a little bit more. I wanna make sure that I'm fully understanding. As in the ones that are focused on tackling these challenges yeah. and hustling on yeah. those versus ones that are maybe just doing the entertainment yeah. and the distractive things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all it's all a balance, right? It's all a spectrum. And I think that like 
one of the things that really bothered me in the whole Me Too movement and masculine feminine situation is again this like this victim mode, this victim mentality, or this like we're better, or like you know all of this. There's no you can't have one without the other. We are always seeking balance, but we'll never be in balance because if everything was balanced, then there would be no life. There would be nothing to do. There'd be mm. nothing to continue to create this ebb and flow. And so I think that as we continue to wake up as a society and as a collective, more and more people, I mean, you can be a conscious creator, right? There is so much that you can do and get involved in and create. And I mean, look what you're doing, you know? Like there are so many ways to contribute and to light up whatever it is that makes you feel alive and do so in a way that's beyond just numbing out or just yourself that's tapping into this greater connectivity which is what we all want at the end of the day like we all I think the greatest thing right now most people are feeling is the pain of feeling alone and it's like well if you connect to something greater and if you funnel that into your purpose, then all of a sudden you have this opportunity to, to, to continue to do the things you love, but do it in a more intentional way that not only benefits you, but it benefits the greater consciousness. And therefore you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with people, whether it's you know, felt on a logical level or just sensed on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, the, that's, that's a great synthesis on, on the dichotomy between these different colors on the wheel and their roles in mm. the greater uh, civilization that we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. There's, it seems as though we need the ones that are solving the problems in a, in a greater motive. We motivate more to, you know, otherwise we'll just funnel more into the economic machinery without that realization. So all yeah. the things that you're teaching us right now awaken and inspire just like we aim to do with this program. I want to hear on the on the on these things that you were mentioning a little bit ago. Um, specifically, you have this bio individualized nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and and we seem in many ways to just be in a crazy are we actually in control? Are these microbes <laughs> is there a microbiome in control? Yeah, <laughs> you're laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the nutrition world is like such an interesting, that, that whole world is very interesting in and of itself. And I think that, first of all, bio-individuality means that like you know better than anyone else. There's no diet, there's no specialist, there's no doctor, there's no nothing that knows better than you. But the problem is, is that we've taken all of our own like agency and put it into the hands of others and say, I don't know, you're the specialist, tell me what's wrong with me. And it's like, although yes, like there are some people who study these things forever, but you know your body better than you. But if you don't spend time getting to know your body and getting to connect to your body and getting to listen, giving it the space so that you can listen to what it wants to, what it's trying to tell you, then you're not gonna be able to try to figure out its message, message or know what's best for you. So bio-individuality is, is understanding that principle that like everyone is unique. And because you're unique, what you need is gonna be different than what I need and and what amounts and in what variations. So the way that I work with with nutrition with individuals, I actually have a, it's called a system reset detox program. Mm -hmm. And it helps people kind of, it gives people a structure to strip out all of the things that are kind of clouding their channel, not only in their physical body, but also their energetic and mental emotional bodies so that they can come back to self as bare bones as possible um, without all of these, like, I'm not sure what's causing what, 
and then begin to understand how different foods are affecting them in their mental, in their emotional, in their energetic, in their physical. And it gives you mindfulness-based practices so that you can be aligned and really listen to like, is this me? Am I reading this? Is this really what's true for me? And I think that, you know, to answer your question, is it our microbes or is it us that are more in control? where all effect, everything is affecting everything, you know? So if you think, if you have a lot of guilt when you're about to eat something because you read it's really bad, then guess what? Your body's gonna say, okay, well, there's, there's guilty, this is bad, let me put fat around it, and this is gonna be a toxin. If you don't, that's why some people can like drink and eat whatever, and somehow they're, and smoke like a chainsaw, and they live to be like 100, whereas other people who are very, you know, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do all the right things, can like end up having a lot more complications. And so I think, you know, taking agency and just remembering that like you have the tools again within you. And yes, there are some practices that can help you find those tools and find that alignment. But ultimately, you know what's best for you. But if you're too busy being distracted and not listening, then you're not going to be able to understand the messages that your body is communicating to you. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. That is the bio-individualized program. Yeah. And it seems as though the newest scientific advances, uh, especially into all the craziness into the microbiome, like the metatranscriptomics and all this crazy stuff, that potentially give us the scientific insight that can kind of roll with us in this whole, uh, I know what's best for me by the way that I treat my food and the way that I treat my eating cycles and how I feel, Mm -hmm. to kind of of potentially work together and to Mm -hmm. potentially validate um, one another. This is in addition to all of the other things that you train with people on. Mm-hmm. So it's not only this bio-individualized nutrition, it's also on the, you mentioned earlier, reducing stress, preventing burnout, optimizing performance, mindfulness. And these are critical with entrepreneurship and there's so many people, yes, there's so many people that watch the show that are either working within companies where they're wearing tons of different hats mm-hmm. or they're running those companies mm-hmm. and they're just, in many ways trying to figure out what do I do? I love what I do. If you're you loving what you do, awesome. Yeah. That's a huge first step. Yeah. If you don't, then take a step back, you know, yeah. think, calibrate, calibrate, find what it is. But for those that do love, but then they're trying to figure out how much time do I dedicate to what I love? Oh, yeah. That can be a challenge, right? And this is like a huge thing. So about two years ago, maybe almost three years ago now, I started to work only with entrepreneurs because I, as an entrepreneur, saw this cycle. You're gonna work harder for, you won't work as hard for anyone else as you do for yourself. Like you're gonna, like you, especially if it's your baby and it's your passion problem and you love it. But like that also can be out of balance. We can be addicted to this thing that we see or this vision or this identity or this project or this passion or whatever. And it's all about balance, right? So like making sure that yes, this is the thing that maybe ignites you, but too much fire will burn everything down, right? So like taking a moment to step back and saying, okay, like I love this thing, I'm dedicating a lot, but what parts of my soul or what parts are my connections am I not really connecting to? Like how is my romance life? Maybe I'm dedicating everything to this thing and I don't have time for romance or I don't have time for connecting to my physical body. and. I'm a big fan of self-worship, right? So like worshiping my own physical vessel or connecting to spirit. So there's all these other elements of, of us besides our passion project that in order to continue to be this channel for whatever wants to come through you, 
all things need to be balanced. Otherwise, again, you'll burn out, especially in entrepreneurship, because we love it so much, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Wow, okay. Um, there's so many things here. How many times have we wandered ourselves into a romance and then realize that we actually are learning tons of things from the romantic intimacy that are actually really applicable to everything else that we do in our lives. Mm -hmm. How many times do we wander into taking two days to go and do something on the beach or in the woods or whatever, and then we realize all of the applicability to the rest of our lives, mm -hmm. while simultaneously, I wanna potentially push back a tiny bit Please? and just say that for those that are potentially attempting to you know skyrocket themselves forward yeah. that if one looks at a, a, a humans as nodes in their level of influence on the trajectory of civilization are we just wandering ourselves into the bar or into areas that we may not actually find as much of the higher level connections that we want or are we maybe wandering ourselves more to these uh, higher caliber engagements with people that are actually uplifting us. You, you, you are the people you surround yourself with. Type sure, thing. absolutely. So, so what are your thoughts about that? It's all about balance. You know, it's like when part, like look at your physical body. And, and, and I feel that, you know, the more that you start to connect to the physical body, the more that you'll be able to ask yourself, am I in alignment or am I not in alignment? How's my stress levels? How's my sleep cycles? How's my energy levels? If, you, if you're saying I'm freaking, I'm really good and not in adrenal fatigue or not in like I'm on the edge of burnout and like I'm doing all this stuff and I'm getting everything done and everything is great because look at all the things I'm doing and like that is dangerous too and I've been there, right? It's like everything is great and oh my gosh, I don't know, I'm like I'm so productive and da 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 and it's like yeah but like is that coming from your wealth spring or is that coming from your coffee and from your excitement because of all the people you're meeting and all the things you're doing and eventually you will burn out because your body is wanting to always guide you it's like keep drive drive but listen and take a time if you're driving on this destination you're trying to get there take a moment to pause look at where you are mm -hmm. look at the landscapes that are around you and you'll enjoy it much more on that journey Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic piece of advice. Being in love with the journey to the point where you're you're able to 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 slow down, sit sit down away from the tech and reflect on the landscapes around you, the social networks that you've been able to build, the projects that you're working on and how successful they're And appreciate people. it. And appreciate you. And appreciate how far you've come. And appreciate all the times that it was challenging and you're like, what the f am I doing? Like, please send me an answer. I feel it, but I don't know where I'm going. You know, like, appreciate those things. Love yourself. Love yourself in this expression of moving forward. Because when you take the time, like gratitude, and you appreciate you and all parts of you, guess what? You're gonna increase your vibrational frequency, which means you're gonna be open and more receptive for more things to come to you. But if you're so focused on the goal, then you're gonna miss out, you're gonna get there, and you're gonna be focused on the next goal, and then you're gonna get there, and then all of a sudden, 20 years from now, you're gonna look back and be like, wow, I did all these things, but was I ever really present? Did I really get to fully soak in all those moments and how hard I worked? Or was I too busy trying to get there only to realize that I never really got there because I'm still trying to get there? I think that's important. Mm-hmm. 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 
the ability to sponge in the moments along the journey to their fullest degree. Yeah, to, to do it consciously, to be on the journey with as much conscious sponging as possible. Mm -hmm. I like that, okay. All right, um, you've, been, you've been working on uh, actually sharing the experiences as well with the people that you're working with uh, on your podcast, on the YouTubes. So tell us about what it's like, you know, you've done like 65 plus of these, um, sometimes even two a week. Yeah. So what is it like doing the depth, the dives into figuring out the sh sharing of the experiences? Well, that's like the most fun part for me, you know, like as a creator, as someone who um, I really enjoy creating and I really enjoy sharing and like there's this vulnerability, I'm almost kind of overusing that word just because it's like almost overused at this point, but yet I'm consistently kind of leaning into my edge of discomfort of like, whoa, I'm having these life expanding experiences and I am no different than anyone else. I didn't come from like a privileged background. I just came from middle class, you know, like I remember when I moved to California, my mom's like, well, you're on your own. Like, I'm not helping you out anymore. And this was like right when the, the 2009, right after the crash happened. And so like shit was just a little scary and jobs were a little bit harder, you know. Um, but I think that um, moving in this direction of like trying to understand where it is your route is or where it is you're going you know like taking full agency is is really important in in order to shift you know to shift to where it is that you're that you're wanting to go and so um i totally forgot the question can you tell me the question again uh, just about the shared experiences the shared experiences yeah, yeah. thank you it happens yes. um so sharing these experiences it's like i find so much richness and being able to take my experience and pull back from it and be like, whoa, like I created this experience, whether it was terrible or whether it was amazing. And then kind of look at like, what did I do in order to create this experience? And what did I learn? And then how can I share this with others in a really like felt way so that people can actually feel like, that's me, I've been there. But then not continue to stay stuck in the story, but actually pull themselves out and get tools to begin to identify how they're creating the story and then change it from that place. And so sharing you know, my journeys as I'm going all around the world and having these like mind-blowing experiences, I share them, number one, to inspire that anyone can do whatever it is that you wanna do as long as you have the dedication, the determination, and the mindset and, and the tools as well, and the help and the support. And so it's kind of like this online conscious community that's growing of people who are starting to take their own agency and apply it to their lives. And it's beautiful because it allows me to not only have these experiences, but then also share it with others so that they can continue to like vision for their own lives if they're in a place that they're not really excited about. Maybe they're still in their hometown and they're unhappy or you know they're in a job and they're unhappy it's like how do i get from here to there kind of a thing yeah the, being able to provide the tools that are needed and then the awareness shift of all oh, the tools that i need in order to make these transitory uh, moments in my life actually come to fruition a lot of this is that mindfulness is these detox periods yeah yeah, yeah. okay a lot of it is the going within yeah going within yeah mm -hmm. yeah Okay, okay. Understanding my sole purpose, my divine role in this big game of civilization. And believing, like believing that you matter. 
believing that like you make a difference. I mean, think about it in a vibrational standpoint. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what your story is, or we are all vibrational beings. Like that, take it down to science if that's where you want to go. But our vibration determines like how we feel, right? If we feel good, we're at a higher vibration. If we feel depressed and sad and lonely, we're at a lower vibration. Again, nothing is better or worse, it just is. But if you want, if, if you come in and you're feeling like, like when you greeted me, you're like, hey, how's it going? I'm so excited. It's like, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a higher frequency and that's attracting more of that to you. You get to interview all these amazing people because your energy is inspiring and higher. But if you're sitting here in this lower vibrational state say, saying this story about how this isn't fair and you're playing victim mindset and all these things and you're like, I can't get out of this and this is how my life is and this is just how it's going to be, you're going to continue to attract other people who are like, yeah, I understand what you mean. Like, life sucks. Like, the weather sucks. You know, all of these things. And it's like, well, if you say, no, hold on a second. I matter. I matter. And how I show up in the world matters and how I treat me matters. Then it doesn't matter. You start saying that to yourself, you go to the grocery store, you have a smile on your face and you're like, hey, how's it going today to the checker? And he's like, wow, thank you so much for being so friendly. And you're like, yeah, no problem. You just made that guy say, and guess what? His vibration is going to shift. And when he goes home to his wife and he's in a better mood, that's going to infect her, you know? So we all matter. And like realizing that you do matter regardless of the story that you tell yourself. When you start to accept that, then you start to make a greater impact and, and a bit, bit greater change and you start to feel that also. The eight billion of us are puzzle pieces mm. and that each one of us matters mm. in the puzzle of civilization and that the more that we vibe on a positive wavelength that we butterfly effect out the positivity. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. And it's so crazy. You watch that first like tiny little domino that you have to like push down with like a tweezer. Yes. And it just goes. Yep. And it takes down a domino like the size of this room at yep. the very last one. And it's just so loud. And you're like, how did that small one do that? And so that's the, the beauty of such a butterfly effect. Yeah. Okay, there's still so much to talk about. I want to hit this because you mentioned this earlier. There's You work a lot with men. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of going through a... It's a strange-ish period. Yeah. Because a lot of civilization is built by the patriarchy and mm -hmm. the economic machinery mm -hmm. of growing these businesses and providing the mm -hmm. ubiquity and food and electricity and water and shelter and all these things. While simultaneously there's been a severe disconnect from Mother Earth mm -hmm. and men need to open up mm -hmm. for vulnerability, for connection to these, to what we feel and engaging other men and women on that and children on that level. So teach us about what this practice has been like with other men. So it's interesting, like a little story. Um, my background being in yoga, obviously anyone who's walked into a yoga studio knows that 75 to 90% of the people in a yoga class are women. Um, moving into nutrition and helping work with diet and um, detox as a form of helping people connect deeper to themselves. Again, I started noticing that 80 to 90% of my clientele were women. Um, and then I just started to kind of take a step back and start to ask other people in my field, such as doctors, holistic therapists, even chiropractors, and ask them, you know, what is your ratio from male to female? And the majority of people would say, 
primarily female, right? And it could vary anywhere from 60-40 to 70-30 to whatever. And I started just to take a second and step back and say, well, that doesn't make sense, right? Because women, our bodies aren't any less functional or less, you know, like we're, we're no less functional than men. What's really going on here? And I started to ask, I started to question, I started to ask all the men around me. And I've always been like the one woman with like a lot of male friends in my life. And I just started to ask that. And most of them were like, well, we're taught not to, to ask for help. Like, toughen up, be a big boy, put your big boy pants on, don't show your emotions, like, you know, like, you need to get out there, get back on the field, all of these different things. It's like this repressive structure that has disconnected men from feeling that they could be open and honest and create super deep, true, like, heartfelt connections with other men, Mm -hmm. which creates more competition, which creates more scarcity, which means we take more from the earth, which means there's more scarcity in love, which means, like, that's the center of everything that we all really want. And so I started also feeling that, like, because there's a lot of pressure for men around the story, around how men need to be for women, they need to be the providers, they need to be the support, they need to be the protectors. That they also, and I've heard from many men, it's like, well, the moment that we do break down or the moment that we do get soft, it's like women want us to be soft and vulnerable, but the moment that we do, it's like they can't hold us. They can't support us. Mm. And then it's like, well, here, you want me to be your rock and your supporter when you're feeling emotional, but what about me? Mm. And like hearing that from men was like, oh my gosh, like, And I can see that and I can feel that. Um, And so I think that there's this, you know, that's what made me say, well, hold on a second. I just want to work with men for a while. And I want to start hosting men's circles Mm -hmm. as a woman saying, hey, especially with all this Me Too movement and all of this, I was really irritated by the way that we were turning it around, becoming the victims and then acting with anger and rage as women and all of these things, I said, I want to stand with the men because I know that there's another side that we're, that they're not taught. They're taught, don't share your emotions. Don't speak into your emotions. Women can wail and cry and all these things and it's okay. But if a man do it, you're not manly. And so I said, I want to stand on their side and I want to start holding space and allowing them to drop in and to let go of their armor and to let down their shields and to feel into this part of them that is just dying to be felt. And so, yeah, that's kind of how like my work with men started. And I really feel that we're all just trying to recognize our masculine and our feminine, which are just different energies that are wanting to be expressed in, in the right time, in the right place, with the right people in the right moment so that we can understand each other and have this beautiful relationship, whether it's you know from woman to man or woman to woman or human to earth or, or what have you. Yeah, yeah, that's so well said. We're, I, I can speak for um, a decent amount of, of men that I interact with as well, that we talk a lot about the hierarchy. We talk a lot about the need to climb up this hierarchy, that there's this rage to try and gain influence and clout and you know have a higher level of genetic fitness. Yeah. That way you can get yourself a better mate, that these things are so much programmed in Mm -hmm. and that while simultaneously a lot of that is biological imperative, Mm -hmm. we have socially constructed a civilization that has made it that so much the 
the the code, the main code that the the other code of, of tapping into to deeper levels of stewardship or compassion or love or vulnerability has in a sense taken a back seat to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you've that you've passed time with men helping them with these circles of, of conversation around these topics because I would love to even open up the studio space for these types. We were talking to you know Vika Victoria just yesterday from Brave New Men about this as well, Amanda Bickham as well. Why don't we do, um, let's invite these guys that, we're, that we talk to about hierarchies mm -hmm. and climbing and let's have a round table yeah. about that with you leading. Yeah. And let's see what comes up because a lot of things would come up a lot and to be able to have content that shows that hey men can be vulnerable yeah. men can reflect inward on what is truly their mo their emotional state their divine purpose and have an open conversation about that i think is they will help us a lot moving into this crazy exponential technology age where there's eight billion of us and the geopolitical climate is changing so much yeah and i think if we like if we come back to this idea of just reconnecting to ourselves, you can have, you can climb the ladder, you can have the success, you can have the fitness, you can do all those things, and you can do it in a way that's more with integrity. That's more less about you and your own stride, and more about like, how am I doing this for something greater? And how do my actions like affect something bigger? Like there's nothing, like the masculine, it's been beautiful. It's gotten us to where we are. It's, it's a beautiful aspect of every single human here. There's nothing wrong with competition. It's about how are we funneling this energy? And is it in, in a deeper rooted sense for something beyond the ego, beyond the self, right? And I feel like that's where we're, we're coming back to. It's like, wait a second, like I can have all the things in the world, but if it's not rooted in something bigger, then I feel alone with all these things, you know? Yes, and to, to when I've had the opportunity to look at the mirror, thanks to mentors of mine that have said, no, Alan, seriously, look, how ego-driven are you? How selfish are you? How greedy are you? And I've really had to like cry mm -hmm. because I'm like, holy fuck, mm -hmm. these things are, how is it possible that these things are really within me? And then having the practice of working on how I feel about it and really working on having that trans being it being about transcendent the channeling of the ideas through to inspire and engage being having that be a transcendent experience that it's not about the ego that it's not about the selfishness that that is what has been like a key growth pillar and i hope i hope that that ends up being the one that takes us through that exponential technology and geopolitical age because then now really drive us to that unity and cohesion. Okay, a couple quick questions on the way out that we like asking our guests. It's been such a great episode. We'll have to do this more often when you come <laughs> through the area after you go to Europe and come back. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, first question. Mm -hmm. Are we alone in the cosmos? No. You want me to elaborate? Right? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel that at all. I feel like there's so much more. I mean, I think it's ignorant for us to think that we're the only things that are here and the only things that exist. Like, just look at it on a logistical scale if you want to, how small we are and how big the world is. Like, I think it's easy to, to see that we're, there's so much more. And then the next question is, are we in a simulation? Maybe. <laughs> could be you know like I believe we are the creators of our own reality so 
it depends on what scope you want to, you know, how big you want to step back from that, right? Go a little deeper. <laughs> so, I mean, if we are the creators of our own reality and we're in this space and we're navigating, you know, this dream, it's like a dream, right? Then one day we'll wake up from the dream and maybe you call that death, but you're waking up from this understanding that we were collect we were pure consciousness from the very beginning it all began and we're just here in this 3d world experiencing this dimension of matter which is so beautiful and also funny in the bigger picture of it all so like one day i feel that the death is really just waking up from the dream that we created being in this like fun yeah tangible reality my story anyway well, we we the next time we sit down together we have to spend a decent chunk of time talking about that aspect of the, okay. of spirituality being these role-playing characters in the game and yeah 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 mm -hmm. it's funny this funny 3d world that we live it in it is funny yeah, and when you funny. when you see it as funny it's like you don't don't take, you, take yourself so too, too seriously. seriously which is like when there's like crazy dramatic things that are happening like okay and it's a part of life and like see it and accept it and don't be ignorant, but like also like kind of laugh at it and then choose to again, focus on the things that you can control. Yeah. Right. And our last question, what is the most beautiful thing in the world? Mm. The ability to experience this felt sense of presence and what that means in each and every moment. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. That's what I feel. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Constant, constant kindergarten trying to learn how to do that <laughs> better mm. and better throughout mm. the whole 3D experience. Mm. Yeah. Breath helps. Breath helps a lot. Yeah. Gratitude helps a lot. Yeah. And slowing down. Slowing down. Just slowing down. Giving yourself space. Mm. Amanda, <laughs> you are so fun. I've had such a good time hosting you. Thank you so much thank for coming you. on the show. Thank you. It's been amazing to be here. And thank you for inviting me into this nice studio in the middle of like this crazy mecca of, of San Francisco. <laughs> thank you. We love you. We love your work a lot. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and huge thank you to Ron Vagas for producing and directing. Woo! We love you very much. Thank you. <laughs> huge thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. Tell us what you think. Holistic health, mindfulness. Let us know in your comments below. Also share more conversation with your friends, families, coworkers online about holistic health and mindfulness. Get talking more about it to mm. each other. Go and check out amandabickham.com. The links are below to all of Amanda's work. Go and check it out. Subscribe to her YouTube, etc. And support the artists, entrepreneurs, and organizations around the world that you believe in. Support Simulation. Our links are below. Help us continue scaling and impacting more people. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your divine soul purpose into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Peace.